0: We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers, and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Jane Faulkner. Jane has an equine-assisted therapy business. We're going to talk a little bit about what an equine-assisted therapy business is and how that differentiates itself from other equine-assisted learning. How are you today, Jane? I'm really well. How are you? Oh, well. Well, good to talk to you, Jane.
1: You too. Thanks for having me.
0: That's okay. That's okay. You know, really interested in bringing in your expertise here. Now, Jane, before we start, your favourite quote, what is it?
1: Uh, When you need something to believe in, start with yourself.
0: Yes. Yes. I think that's good. Do Do you say that often? Because, you know, you're working with a particular group of vulnerable people. Do you say that often to them? Do they need
1: I think we all need regular reminders of that. I think we all, I think our society, we're kind of trained to look outside of ourselves rather than um, look inside. I think we live a bit from the outside in rather than the inside out, Mm -hmm.
0: if that makes sense. Yep, yep. Jane, tell us a little bit about equine-assisted therapy because everyone wants to, do horse stuff and everyone wants to help. And there's a lot of benefits from working with horses, doing activities with horses, you know, just being in their presence. There's a lot of healing in it. It's a bit like, you know, you're saying today's society, today's society we probably don't have as much as ever, you know, to do with nature, to do with animals, to do with healing, and horses have got something special. So equine-assisted therapy, just tell us a little bit more about the specialty area that equine assisted therapy is
1: yeah sure so uh, equine assisted therapy or equine assisted mental health is where as an already qualified mental health professional you're working alongside a horse or a herd of horses to support us some to support someone on their mental health journey and what makes it different is that um then I guess room-based therapy for people is exactly what you're saying, that they're outside, they're in nature. It's Because of that, it's a lot more relaxed. People tend to kind of drop down their walls and their guards a lot quicker and they get that opportunity to kind of build relationship and work on connection and share their story with a horse, which I find is really powerful because a lot of people find – Telling me what's really happening on a deep level straight away, quite confronting. Yes. So, uh, yet they'll be able to kind of talk to the horse about it. Mm-hmm. I find, especially with teenagers and kids, that they're able to kind of tell the horse their big problems. And it's funny, once you've got them to start communicating with the horse, then they're often keen to communicate with me. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which which then I can help them with whatever's happening okay. in their life, yeah. So it's a really amazing form of therapy. What we tend to do is um, I've got a, a little herd of three horses, so we go in and we meet the horses. And a huge part of equine-assisted therapy is really teaching whichever client I have about respecting the horse mm-hmm. and seeing the horse as an equal individual, and being open to what the horse is communicating back to that person. So in order to do that, the client's often got to learn to slow down and breathe and be curious about what the horse is doing, you know, really watch its body language. And also to be curious about what they're feeling, the horse, but also themselves, what the client's feeling. And a lot of us are have kind of lost that capacity to be in touch with what we're feeling and then work to get what that feeling needs.
0: Yep. 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 All right. Now, a lot of therapists call in horse people. So you've yes. got a unique advantage because you're a horse person anyway. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the type of person who would be called in to assist therapists, therapists, and what sort of role they would have if they were assisting a therapy with their client.
1: Okay. So their role would be to really keep an eye on the horses mm-hmm. and to I actually don't recommend it because okay. I think when you're so for me when you're the mental health therapist in there yes and you're right up beside the ho- the horse and the client mm-hmm. and sometimes that horse pre- professional might be 5, 10 metres away and if the mental health professional cannot read those signals. So I, I really think anyone doing this work needs to be duly trained in okay. the mental health yep. and yep. reading yep. that. If it was a horse professional, they're generally keeping an eye on safety mm-hmm. and they're reading the horse's body language so they can kind of come in and say, hey, he's not comfortable or step back. or yep. It's yep. all about maintaining safety if that's their role.
0: Okay, so having that dual qualification is ideal. And a lot of people that you know that come on horse chats have a dual qualification. You know the horse industry is expanding so much that people that have had a normal job come in and say, "I want to bring this normal job in there, or people that are already doing horses would like to expand a bit and and everyone has this sort of unique niche within the horse world. But you've gone a little bit further than being a therapist and having your own horses and being able to also teach people this, and we can talk about that a little bit later, about um, if people are interested to get those dual qualifications, which really are the best way, we're going to be talking about Jane and what she's doing as well. But even before that, Jane, I'd like you to talk about how you started with this combination. Were you already a therapist that then had horses or you already had horses and then went to uni and became a therapist?
1: No, I loved horses as a as a kid, yep. and grew up around them. Mm-hmm. And then, no, my career went into all kind of like um, nursing, and then yoga, and then I did my training to become. I did my masters in psychotherapy, yep. and I was doing a certificate in art therapy when I actually. I had an equine assisted therapy session myself and okay. I was just blown away by it. So I had my mental health qualification first yes,
0: yes. and
1: then I was, I was really hungry because it's just such powerful therapy. Mm, like mm, I, mm. I'd done all this other work, but it was the equine therapy that really um, got straight to my core issues and I was just, Good. I was amazed. Mm. Yeah. Mm, so mm. that's, that was the start of my journey.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so if we've got someone then that already has horse skills. Now, yes. you know, we talked a little bit about the people who have horse skills. It's not just they having horse skills. It's making sure that they're the right skills to work safely around people. So someone might be braking and training and, and, or doing endurance riding or doing a, a lot of other stuff. They're not necessarily the right skills to work with people around horses.
1: yeah mm. and it's it's I find with a lot of horse professionals that come and um, are interested about the training or come as clients I find that they're often amazed at um, the different relationship you can have with a horse. So yeah. I think when you're working with horses in a capacity, say, like racing or or high-level dressage or anything like that where your horse is kind of put in a, a yard and then you bring the horse out to work the horse and then the horse is put back, mm-hmm. you kind of have that working relationship with the horse. Yes. And so we're kind of trained to see the horse in this one way, which isn't good or bad, it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And then in equine therapy, we're interested in uh, – in the horse as an equal being in what what is he telling me you know what's and it's not it's not about the horse having all the power and it's the horse isn't an oracle we're not seeing it like yeah, that but yeah. we are really interested in the relationship and in what that horse is telling me about me in the relationship and and we want the whole, the relationship to be where the horse is is totally free in it so the, we're not using the horse as a tool Mm-hmm. where and so for a lot of horse people it's it's relearning i guess and also to really notice all the nuances of a horse's expression and um you know when it's relaxed, when it's not relaxed, when it's, you know, what it's actually kind of saying, just with its, with its mouth, with its eyes, with its ears. So it's, it's really tuning into those subtle cues. And we do a lot of groundwork and a lot of natural horsemanship um, with our students just to get them ready to, because you do need to have that relationship where you can ask a horse to move back out of the space if you need to maintain safety with
0: that client. Mm -hmm, mm Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, the subtle cues of facial expressions, it would be interesting to someone who, you know, who's in therapy, who pulls a few faces maybe or or would like (laughs) to pull faces, you know, to say that these horses are actually pulling faces at them or, you know, doing things, have different facial expressions.
1: It's amazing how the horses will – Play out what that person's internal experience is. Mm-hmm. I remember once I had a client that came into the paddock and the horses had been really calm and then they just started biting each other and really. Mm -hmm. acting up and I was like what's going on and I just said to her what's happening in your life right now and she just said I'm so irritated I just want to bite people (laughs) (laughs) oh my god uh which I yeah so they kind of they often will play out what's happening for a client Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah which is amazing Yes, yes. So the type of person that would come into this training, thinking, you know, of horse people and horse backgrounds, they'd really have to be open to learning these subtle cues and um, going into a different field. You know, they might come from, as you say, a competitive field or a racing field or a different other field. They've got to be a fairly open-minded person to come into this field, wouldn't they?
1: Definitely. Yeah, Mm. definitely, definitely. Open-minded, but also because sometimes when I describe it, I worry that it sounds a bit woo-woo, but underneath everything we do, there is solid foundations in theory and science.
0: Yes, okay.
1: Uh, So it's um, it's someone that is also open to doing the hard yards to do it really well. Okay. Like there's no, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. So it's a learning why we're doing it.
0: Mm, mm, because, you know, the fact that this study involved, it's not yes. just all practical. There are okay. things that you need to know. It's not just um, – and I know that a lot of horse people are the same. They think that because they finished at school, you know, that they, they haven't got an academic background. But I think when you first leave school, I know that when I was in year 10, okay, so that's my 10th year at school – I just wanted to do horse stuff and I didn't do particularly well at school. So I actually went back and repeated year 10. This is year 10. This is nowhere near even finishing high school. This is like the third year below finishing high school. Um, I repeated it and failed it again, you know. So I just went off my merry way and just did horse stuff. But years later when I went and, and since then I've done a degree and two master's. Um, but you know when I went back into doing a degree I went oh wow i really you know i, I really can do this academic stuff but there was no interest for me then you know
1: I, yeah mm. I think that's the key mm. i think i i think a lot of us are similar when there's when you can't relate the learning to something yeah it's really yeah. hard to you know to apply it or to put the time it needs into it Yes and, yes, and I I think that's really important that the learning is applicable to what you're doing, mm, and you can mm. kind of make meaning, and it actually makes what you're doing make more sense
0: because yes. you understand it. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking about doing a PhD now, so you know, I've wow. dro- dropped out <laughs> of school and and repeated year ten twice before I dropped out of school, and you know, failed it twice. So I think for people who think that they're not up to the academic bit, yeah but this is something they'd really like to do. I yep. would encourage them to at least you know at least look into it a little bit more. At least at least think about it. Yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely mm. because uh, like a few of my students that have um graduated now have had were really concerned about that. Finished mm. in grade 10 had worked yep. through their whole life had had learning issues. Yes. And um there's so many ways to support yourself and to be supported mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. as well.
0: So yeah. yeah. All right. So just generally then, you know, with people around their horses, you know, people people who may even come to you for um equine assisted learning but they've got horses what what would you say is it just about breathing first is that the main tip you would give them to start with or what would you give them as far as a tip with improving their communication you know when they first go in and first start maybe they haven't got any experience with horses yeah what's what's the first thing is it just be quiet breathe
1: I think I think that is a massive one mm.
0: just to breathe like a, and I slow say it, down. I say it so simply like, oh, just be quiet and breathe, but but it really is big, isn't it?
1: It's huge. Yeah. It's massive. And we so rarely do it. We mm. we just run from one thing to the next and we never stop to check in with actually how we are. Yep. yep. And then we kind of bombard our horses with whatever our internal experience is. And if we haven't stopped to breathe and check in and know what's happening for us, we don't really own the the inner experience. And then the horse ends up kind of <laughs> copying it, if that makes sense. So mm. I think one of the best things you can do is before you even open the gate to enter the paddock or the arena or wherever your horse is, is just to take, I get people to take five deep, slow breaths and then I get them to just feel their feet on the ground and then scan through their body and notice where they're feeling any tension or just notice inside how they are. And just all they need to do is acknowledge, wow, I'm really, my my stomach's churning or uh, I've got a headache. Mm-hmm. That's That's all it's. And that even scientifically does amazing things in our brain. It takes us from the back part of our brain, which is the really old reactive part of our brain, to the front part of our brain, which is the part that can actually respond to a situation and make choices for everybody. Yep. So yep. just by breathing and checking in and then just acknowledging what's happening, I think you that already really helps you and your horse so, so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Jane, have you got, you know, I'm thinking about a, a proud moment, a case study, something that you'd like to tell us. You don't have to say their real names, but just yeah. someone who you think that um, this, the whole equine assisted learning has made a difference for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I think, oh, there's so many different stories. I guess for me, I had a young man. Um, not long ago who had a lot of you know ADHD and they call it oppositional defiance disorder was really struggling at school was getting suspended all the time his parents were kind of tearing their hair out he was 11 and when he first came in he wouldn't look at me Mm -hmm. and which is normal I think he had Asperger's as well so he wouldn't look at me or and just through working with the horses and we, I would see him once a week and he would come and we would mostly just do horse stuff, so learning how to halter the horse and groom the horse and feed the horse and, and then groundwork with the horse and for him to learn how to breathe and learn how to tell the horse how he's feeling and learning how to, I guess, set boundaries with the horse. Yep. and. Just the feedback from his, but just how he changed. So he, would, oh, that's cause good. At, yeah, yeah, because at the beginning he wouldn't talk to me at all, he wouldn't look at me. And mm-hmm. then probably by the f- fourth week, you know, he was talking to me, he was really open and great feedback from his school and, and feedback from his family. And so there's, there's, I've got quite a few stories like that, even kids that have been had um, suicidal ideation. Oh,
0: wow, coming. yeah, mm-hmm. kids
1: young kids you know 11 year olds with suicidal ideation and coming and working with the horses and and just sharing with the horses you know how they feel that there's no point and there's no hope and they're not and they're no good at anything and just watching their confidence build as because the horses are so beautiful at just giving that um they're so non-judgmental in how they give love and how they're like mate you're enough for me and and just so, so a lot, lots of kids. That's um, really helped, I guess, turn their lives around and given them confidence and mm-hmm. self esteem. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay, tell us a little bit then about the sort of work you do with them when they're grooming. Is it just normal? You know, this is how you catch a horse. This is how you do this. Or are you doing a little bit more as you're doing that work? You know, are you saying watch the body expression of the horse? What's the horse telling you now? What sort of feedback are you doing there? Yep.
1: Yeah, so that's where I'm applying therapy Mm -hmm. to everything I'm asking them to do. So even in how they approach the horse because the horse, I'm watching how the horse responds Yep. and then I'm checking in with the person. You know, are you breathing? Um, What's happening inside? Where are you tight? Can you tell the horse what you're scared of? Can you tell the horse what you're worried might happen? Mm -hmm. So in everything, I'm kind of applying therapy and helping the client become more aware of what they do and what their old behavior patterns are. And then what's awesome about the horses is they give the person an opportunity to try something different, which helps change behavior.
0: Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. All right, Jane, thinking about, you know, the next 12 months, two years, what are your plans? Are you doing something different, more of the same?
1: Um, I guess plans are, because I have students that have graduated now and we yes. all want to work together to help people and mm-hmm. there's such a need for more mental health services on the Gold Coast. Yep. So we're wanting to expand into a centre where we can offer therapy okay. to all different parts of the community. So that's mm-hmm. really exciting and where we can offer individual therapy and group therapy and Yeah, we've got lots of big plans, (laughs)
0: Glenda. Oh, good, 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 good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Gold Coast at the moment, but um, certainly I think if if you had students in other areas that came to the Gold Coast, that came, that studied with you and there was a few in one area, you'd be supporting them as they set Uh, up a centre and and, um, went from there because you can see there's such a need.
1: There's such a need, especially with teens and kids, and they respond so beautifully with the horses. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. just being outside.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. And then if if you're going to sum up your philosophy into a sentence or two, you know, about the whole thinking equine assisted therapy, if you're going to describe it or or just talk about it, what would you say? Oh, Big subject, yes.
1: It is. I, I guess I would say um, that it's a beautiful therapy mm-hmm. to help people heal and to help become people become more aware of themselves and the other. Yep. And um, that it reteaches us how to be kind, kind to ourselves, kind to others, and to like who we are. And mm-hmm. to me, If people can just like who they are, I think the whole world would be a better place where we're just kind to ourselves because that kind of spreads out. It's You know that saying, hurt people hurt people. Yes. So it's often when we don't like ourselves that we'll act out and we'll hurt others. Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, horses really teach that, you know, to be kind to yourself and to like who you are and to stand in your power. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they encourage people to do.
0: Yes. All right. Now, Jane, if people'd like to contact you, both about equine facilitated or equine assisted therapy. Um <laughs> and about your course in equine assisted therapy as well. You know, because yeah. I think I think you're sort of doing a bit of both and it's good to have a practitioner that's teaching, but it's good to have a teacher that's still practicing, you know, because yeah. I think that's important, you know, it's keeps you keeps very you grounded. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um, So they can just, I've got a website and it's www.equineassistedtherapyaustralia.com.au. All
0: right. And the other thing is too that your details will be on horsechats.com slash Jane Faulkner or just go to horsechats.com and search for Jane or search for Faulkner and you'll find her page and all those contact details will be at the bottom as well. Thank you, Jane. Thanks so much. Lovely to catch up with you, but lovely to talk to you and find out a bit more about what you're doing. And um, I'd love to have you back again sometime soon. We'll go into a bit more depth in some of the areas that you're uh, specialising. It would be great.
1: Yep, sounds great. Thank you, Glennis.
0: Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.